0: taking up a variety of topics, as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the Board of Directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. We will post on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time for the foreseeable future as we navigate our way through this incredible crisis. First, a word about our sponsor, SAI Global. With the coronavirus and COVID 19 pandemic continuing to change rapidly, trust and integrity are paramount to business continuity preparedness. SAI Global is here to help compliance and risk professionals facing these challenges, including unprecedented business impacts from employee well being to disrupted supply chains. SAI 360 is a cloud first software and modern ethics and compliance learning platform designed to help you navigate risk from every perspective. To learn more about how you can protect your business operations and workforce during these uncertain times, visit saiglobal.com backslash risk for free resources, expert guidance, and industry-leading technology. Thanks again to SAI Global for sponsoring this most important podcast. This podcast features the Great Women in Compliance co-host Mary Shirley and Lisa Mine. This was an episode they posted earlier this week in Great Women in Compliance, but it deals with coronavirus, and I asked them if I could post it on compliance and coronavirus. I know you will enjoy their discussion.
1: I'm Lisa Fine, and today I have a special episode because Mary and I are here talking about our experiences right now during the coronavirus um, era. I think of it it as an era because we're now living through it for Mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mary and I both really are sitting down it's a Saturday night for me in Washington DC and a Sunday morning for her in New Zealand and we just thought it would be good to talk about some of the stuff that we're going through Um, and hopefully that'll you know resonate with all of you and also just give you a sense of you know two compliance professionals dealing with it both in terms of our work life and our real life. And with that, um, I'm going to turn to Mary to start um, start talking about, you know, how this has really been impacting you and, and your work and, and just generally what's been going on with you.
2: Sure. Thanks, Lisa. Well, I think many of you have heard me speak very positively about being an expat moving to Singapore 10 years ago was a a huge turning point for me, both personally and professionally. But there can be issues uh, when you live in a different country and I'm experiencing the bad timing of of some of that right now. So uh, just before things got really... Uh, bad in the United States. Um, my visa is up for renewal, my work visa, and you need to exit the United States, uh, your physical presence and interview at an overseas consulate for your renewal. Um, and uh, it's often your, your home country. Uh, so for me, I've I've arrived back in New Zealand and we sent me early because we feared what if there was a lockdown and my visa expired while being stuck in the United States. So um, I very hurriedly left um, the United States uh, in the first third of of March and have been home living with my mother ever since. And one of the concerns for me is that shortly after I arrived, uh, the cases of coronavirus in New Zealand started picking up. And uh, we went into a lockdown, uh, a four-week lockdown fairly soon after I arrived. And the ramifications for me are that the uh, visa interview that I had scheduled in Auckland, um, which, which would have been this, this last week, of course it was, it was cancelled. Sorry, it's, it would have been this week coming. It, it had been cancelled. And um, of course the US Embassy, as with almost everything else apart from essential services, has been shut down. And so I'm getting a little nervous now as my visa comes up for renewal, as, as every day goes by. Uh, and and what that means is that um, when that does happen, that my company can't legally pay me and I can't legally work and I'm still servicing my very expensive um, apartment in, in Boston during this time. And of course, there are a lot of people suffering hugely more than I am. Um, but this is just the... The current situation that I'm in so it's a a little bit different. Um, The timing was terrible Uh, and I thought just generally I'd share a little bit about how the lockdown uh, differs because you know Lisa you and I were in a conversation with some compliance professionals um, across uh, mainly the United States but also um, of of one of our friends who's domiciled and in London, I I suppose, or or had been until very recently. And what I quickly realized is that the pandemic rules were very different, uh, even within the, the different areas of the United States and geographically. So I just thought I'd share for those of you who are Uh, listening from the United States. um, We we are, I think, under a a bit of a stricter lockdown in New Zealand. So, all restaurants and bars are closed completely. We're not even open for drive-through takeaways and delivery. So, in New Zealand, the whole country is um, eating um, freshly made um, homemade meals um, and, and everyone's cooking from scratch. So, as along with toilet paper, one of the things that we've sold out of in the New Zealand supermarkets is flour, because a lot of people are turning to baking. It's got two benefits. One is that it helps with um, continuing to educate your children, and it also means that you can reduce uh, your trips to the, the supermarket if you're able to, to survive a little, you know, a, a bit more from an, another day or so with um, some of your baked goodies. So that's the, the day-to-day life experience of me out here in New Zealand. How, how is it for you, Lisa? Well, we've gotten to a stricter point. I, I'm in Washington,
1: D.C., mm-hmm. so it's a little surreal. Um, I think throughout the U.S., we've gotten to a, a, a stricter point everywhere, although it is strange how it varies from state to state. Um, personally, in the state of Georgia, they finally have a shutdown, but the governor there decided to open the beaches. And then some of the local mayors for those beaches are like, please don't let that happen. Um so we have uh, some different things. For me personally, um, it's essentially a yes, stay at home. Um, we do have uh, food delivery and food um, pickup that you can do. Um, and part of the reason I think some people will do that is other than you know for nutrition is that this is like helping excuse me, some people's sole source of income. I think the economy and a lot of the gig economy is mm-hmm. at home here. Um, mm-hmm. For me personally, um, from work Standpoint. I mean, I was able to work from home, but it's just different now when you know you can't go into your office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the not you know the idea of Zoom, ha- you know, Zoom happy hours or Zoom get-togethers are, mm-hmm. are good. It's it's a you know it's a truly taking social distancing correctly is is, is a challenge. But I w- I do see people in D.C. generally doing pretty well with it. Um, I have kind of an outdoor space which I can use in front of my. Mm-hmm where I, I will go outside and it was interesting just as a, you know, we'll talk about some of that other stuff later. I was outside trying to, to exercise and there was a guy next to me like drinking a lot of beers and smoking a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> I hit home that a lot of people are handling it, you know, their
2: right.
1: own way. Um, right, right. You know, I do like right now it's a Saturday and i have a glass of wine at home on my own, which is not something that I normally don't you know, drink at home that much. But sometimes now at the end of the day, you know, you can't go out, you can't do this, you know, after you exercise, what else? So, Mm. but I I think people are really starting to get it here. And you will see now people just wearing more and more masks outside. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it has become a new norm. I think the Mm. other thing that that is I was watching something on TV the other day and the people were, you know, just at a normal table close to each other and going out and I'm like, have they forgot social distancing? And I'm thinking, <laughs> wait a minute, this was from like nine years ago. I mean, it wasn't like a news report, but it's just interesting to adapt. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, yeah, I mean, so one of the other things though, for you professionally, particularly being in healthcare, mm. um, you know, talk a little bit about, about that part of it for you. I know we'll get yeah. back into real life too, but you have a very specific area that you're in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this topic will be hopefully helpful for some of our uh, colleagues who work as compliance vendors. One of the things that I've I've seen over the, the last several days, uh, especially in healthcare, but not limited to, has been compliance professionals really concerned about vendors approaching them at this time to have uh, a chat about them selling their services and I'm I'm hoping that when I share some of what is really the tip of the iceberg for for companies like mine in terms of how our world has changed and the the sheer amount of extra work that we do that maybe this will give um, some people who are vendors um, some insight um, into why uh, implying that someone has plenty of free time to shoot the breeze with you right now while you do your business development, why that's not going to go down so well. So, um, for, for companies who already have patients, and, and for ours it, it's dialysis, Um, those services must continue. They are of course an essential service. And so what are our considerations towards our staff who who still must go to work? Um, How are we protecting them? How can we work with HR to ensure childcare for our frontline staff? How do we make the clinic and hospital environments as safe as possible for patients? Do we need isolation areas? How are we gonna arrange for those? Uh, Dialysis patients often have a support person sitting in the treatment room with them. We now need to adjust so much uh, for for the the new considerations here. And of course, as you can imagine, every time the business uh, is thinking about um, making changes, compliance is roped in. And so even though compliance may not be executing as such on a lot of these areas, they're still going to be advising or they're still going to be looped in and attending the meetings uh, in case their advice is needed. And then another area for us um, is telehealth. Telehealth has been fabulous um, in terms of a de- developing area, but that's the key part, right? It's developing. Uh, so, there are a lot of regulations around it. Um, there are some areas of um, healthcare that are better suited to telehealth than others. Uh, Dermatology is a great example of something that that, um, works really well with with telehealth services. Um, And of course, as a remote service, a lot of companies are turning more and more to how they can um, transfer some of the in-person services that they've been doing to a telehealth environment. Um, But of course, it's not permitted for everything right now. So maybe companies are going to, to the government, they may be asking for waivers, um, and in this era where people are, are looking for to make extended use of, of telehealth in these circumstances, it means that they may be treading um, on new ground. And of course, compliance is going to be right there um, at, at the side of our colleagues uh, to, to go through uh, that new process. And then the third thing that I wanted to talk about, and again, I reiterate, this is really just the tip of the iceberg um, for, for companies in this kind of realm. So licensure in New Zealand, we've put a call out, um, recently, uh, to retired healthcare professionals asking them to volunteer and help out during the crisis. Now, a lot of these people won't be, uh, currently licensed, Uh, and then in the United States, for example, um, there are a lot of healthcare professionals who may be licensed in one state, but maybe not currently practicing in the state that they're living in, and they don't have a valid license for that state. So, how can we overcome this current call to arms, which is really important, um, but but also uh, balancing um, compliance risk with um, life and death needs? So, those are some of the areas, um, Lisa. What about licensure for for
1: you guys? You know, it's so interesting because I was about to jump in and talk about that as well. One of and I'm in education, but uh, at Pearson, but one of the other parts of our business that's very large is standardized and assessment tests and licensing exams. So obviously, you know, sometimes we'll, you know, there's a feeling that, okay, since now a lot of standardized tests have been pushed back, or waived for a year or something, you know, what else is going on? But one of the things that we are trying to do for, from essential services is, for, for example, somebody who finished nursing school is going to need to be licensed for the first time, and particularly mm-hmm. for Um, So, you know, it's basically a two part thing. How do we do those tests? It's very hard to, you know, right now those need to be done and proctored in specific ways in person. So you're dealing with making sure you can do those. Some states are more interested in others. On the other hand, we're trying to figure out what can be virtual, but if something needs to be in person, you know, and there are certain things, how do you make sure you get somebody who's, who is going to proctor it? What do you do? You know, make sure it's socially distant, do all these things right. And also, you know, make sure we're, we're trying to help them what the right issues and the right things are. So, you know, I think that was a really interesting fact to me. And also, will a state consider it an essential service? Or, you know, how is that? Or what what should be waived? So, I mean, I think from that standpoint, we, we see that as a life or death side. For the other part of it, mm-hmm. you know, our education is how do we help students? I have to say I've been really proud of the way Pearson has handled things in terms of basically putting out resources for everybody, for people who, for students and in, in, in college and graduate students have opened up libraries, have done, you know, have done a lot of things and have, have really tried to do the right things, especially mm-hmm. with some of our online schools that people may now want to join or learn more about. At the same time, the volume has changed. So, you know, we're both trying to do the same, the right things as a business, but first and foremost, and I can say throughout, the, the, the company wants to do the right thing to help people get their education mm-hmm. and get fine. And, I, and mm-hmm. I've just it's been pretty cool to watch as that played out or even to hear, you know, leaders talk about things for us as as You know, you know, employees for the company that had been really good. But before I talk a little bit about that, I think the hard part to circle back to your vendor point of it is that in the middle of all this, you know, there are certain things I think that are auto sent out, and you know, you're like, this is a follow up. Can you let me know who at your company does X, Y, and Z? Or people saying, you know, you know, trying to sell me something, you know, related to, you know, a third party due diligence program or something else, and not. Things and not that we don't really appreciate it normally, but there's a feeling of you know be sensitive to you know the, the the way at least for me the way I manage time or deal with time or my priorities have changed in the last three weeks or a month. Mm-hmm. That doesn't suddenly, I mean, we're all trying to deal with a new reality, so you know. Talk, well, on the one hand, you know, so sometimes learning about a new product when you're just trying to help and do all the right things can kind of feel like a lot and a little. You know, if it's the, the intentions are good, but sometimes you'll just look and think, really, today. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, and, that, and that's that. You know, that's a little bit of you know, you know, my take on it. You know, mm-hmm. we're all doing the right things for our business, for our friends, for our families, and for our mental health, and you know, when you feel like even by inadvertently somebody's looking at you like you're a dollar sign potentially for the future, it just feels different.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. and and I, I, think, I don't know if
1: that's how you feel about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably how I feel even outside of a, a pandemic. And, and um, the, the, the link that I make there is, you know, there are some people who are very, very polite when they're pitching to you and as soon as you can't do anything for them, then they're disgusted and um, they don't want to do have anything further to do with you, and so it becomes clear pretty quickly um, <laughs> who the people are who are genuinely looking. <laughs> To to you know build long term relationships and understand that the the pipeline for sales uh, is it exists for a reason. Sales are not are typically not instant. Um, so yeah, I I I think that's absolutely right. And then looking at the other side, of course, I think there is acknowledgement that of course sales roles, the people in those, they're also looking to stay afloat at this time. Yeah, and we yeah. get that. Um, but I'm not going to ignore. Um, working on some kind of rearrangement of, of, of medical services issue that I'm working with with the business in order to say, oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to politely listen to a due diligence pitch because he's he's got to make a living too. I mean, that kind of prioritization is insane. So I, I think there is, again, it has to be a balancing while recognizing that Everyone's just trying to do their best right now, thinking about what it might be like um, for the, the customers will probably help those in sales roles at the moment.
1: Yeah. And I think just to tab that up, I wouldn't want anyone to think it's not that you know, I'm I've heard from people that I've worked with vendors, others, um, and they're just like, we're just checking in and we're sensitive to what's going on with you right mm-hmm. now. If you let me know. I actually have to say I love that. Mm-hmm. I think been- that's very thoughtful and I think that you know I don't want anyone to take out from this it's not you know don't don't call just right you know, yeah exactly keep it in mind. I yeah. love that. I mean I love right. it and, I, and as a you know I will remember that in in the future um you
2: know yeah you'll uh, no, go ahead sorry so I was just saying, I think you know and, and some have taken a step additional to that so um some people have put together sort of checklists or um, guidance for for companies, you know, that are specific to this situation right now. I mean, some of the ones that we've seen on LinkedIn are things like, you know, how to work the most effectively, you know, work from home, um, yeah. that kind of thing, you know, if it's if it's very much related and it will help people and or maybe you've created a, a, a training that you, a lot of them have been done complimentary right now. And so people are sending those out. Uh, Those, you know, maybe um, thinking about privacy and security concerns for your workforce now that people are at home um, uh, and and, and using technology from home, what are some of the, you know, Zoom we talked about as being something that's been infiltrated um, quite a bit (laughs) right now. So maybe awareness in that space is going to be really helpful, but I think there's a very big difference between reaching out for what is almost certainly, um, you know, chit-chat for no reason, uh, because they see that as being, oh, this is great, this is building our relationship so I can sell stuff, versus uh, genuine care and interest and something that's helpful to companies right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and that one of the other things that that reminded me of is that, you know, for for us, I think, at least for me, a lot, some of my work has really focused in the last month. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a lot of, Things that we are planning to do over the next few months related to some gifts and hospitality training um, and other things with people. And as I joke around with people regularly, um, if we have people bringing you know hospitality to their homes and feeding them during this, we have a lot larger problems than just a pure you know Mm -hmm. compliance issue. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I'll joke aside about that. You know, it's also an opportunity for us as compliance professionals to be able to truly support our business. Cause we always want people, or at least I do, you know, we're here to help you Mm. Um, and you're changing and what can we do, you know, the same way, you know, there are a couple of different, we, you know, we could take that view of, well, this is a good time to, you know, to talk to some of the people who may have more time at home about the things that are important to Mm. us I think strategically and just in terms of being, a good coworker, a good colleague to kind of take the opposite approach which is you know what is coming up for you right now that you think might be an issue what do you think we could be aware of like you know i mean i'm working with our internal audit and others and we were supposed to do some uh, some work this spring and we instead we're still talking to the same business group from the business and We're talking about what they think might be issues now and how do we look at that and how do we work with them for what they may think are compliance issues right now. And I really think that they took a kind of a breath of relief when they realized that instead of us trying to impose what we were planning to do two months ago on them, but sort of adapting to this, I think it makes a big difference in our work and our credibility Mm -hmm. for once when the crisis comes to an end, that people really do know that when we come back to some of the work we need to do, they're going to understanding mm-hmm. real. We recognized what was happening when it was happening too. So I
2: think it's a, it's a good time to shake ourselves out of it a little as well,
1: you know? Mm,
2: that's a, that's a great point. Uh, another one that comes to mind for me is the understanding that um, people are really fraught right now. So just in my example, I have limited time um, in which I can work for the company before my visa's up, which means I'm really prioritizing what mm-hmm. uh, right, what needs to be done now. And then I essentially go on hiatus and, and can't, can't help anymore. So I'm super stressed about that. Other people are super stressed about a parent being hospitalized due to coronavirus. Other people are really concerned that layoffs have started happening in their company. And so what this means is that nerves are frayed. People are even more sensitive at the moment than they might ordinarily be. And because you don't know what, the, the, the trigger or the pain point is for people right now it means that approaches from uh, companies or colleagues even to, to colleagues internally need to be super sensitive and that idea of thinking you know being really thoughtful about how can i start working now that'll help us in the future but also what can i do to help my colleagues who might be suffering from an immense degree of stress related to to this issue, how are we helping those colleagues and making this time easier for them?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I also, the other thing, I mean, I try to do this both in personal life and a little bit at work is to just drop a quick email or text to people that I just, just, hi, just thinking of you, you know, can I help? And sometimes I think with some some people at work, they're just so happy to get like an email where someone A, isn't asking Mm -hmm. for something or B, is just like, you know keep up the spirit i mean but everyone figures out you know their own approaches to those mm-hmm. things we are as we go along and i think it is a real opportunity for all of us to be able to be of value and also you know on the on the mm-hmm. compliance side you know keeping your eye out for new issues that might arise you know right and, you know for the there are going to be some people out there that want to take advantage of this and mm-hmm. to kind of suddenly do that but i think we can do that now let me ask you a completely different question mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Lessa, I think there's anything else about our
2: organizations um, because I want to know what, what you're reading and watching right now. <laughs> so um, just before I left, I was very fortunate. I ordered a couple of books. So while I packed hurriedly, I do have um, some reading materials with me. So what I selected was Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. I've just started getting into that one. Um, it's actually a really, um, quite a serious uh, uh, Toned or, or themed issue, um, this one. Um, so, this is um, related to uh, how we can best utilize our communication when we don't have the, the background of, of other people and understand the, the huge effects that not communicating effectively can have. Um, big fan of him generally. And then the second book, which I haven't started yet, is Presence by Amy Cuddy, and you'll remember her as being. Um, the uh, psychologist who has the second most viewed um, TED Talk around. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, in terms of watching, um, I am every night, my mum and I are holding um, a Netflix movie night uh, as, as time to, to unwind and I'm very old school. I, I joined uh bones um the forensic anthropologist um crime series really late in the game Mm -hmm. and so I started watching it very late uh so I'm starting that from scratch now uh and and going through it so a little boring that one what about you Lisa
1: well um from the book side um there are two a couple books I've read recently um or I'm in the middle of one is one that was recommended by our chief legal officer to the his, his leadership team and um they really liked it. It's called Competing in the Age of AI, and it has a lot of different examples and things about artificial intelligence, where it works, where it doesn't from a business standpoint. I'm getting through it. I would like to Great. say I was going more quickly than I really am on it, but its it's got good examples from large companies and things like that. And I just think it's really interesting to see the evolution of that. Um the rest of what I'm reading right now, the other book that I just finished is, is, is very different. It's called The Silent Patient. It's on the bestseller list. Um, it's a really interesting story about a woman who was, I mean, interesting, it's not going to sound, it's going to sound really kind of depressing, but um, <laughs> who was, was convicted or was put into an institution after alleged, you know, murdering her husband. She's an artist and it's a story about her and a therapist who's trying mm-hmm. to help her but it just has lots it's like a thriller and it has twists and turns and i actually didn't you know usually i feel like i catch on to some of those and this one was you know really just hit me at the end so i thought that mm-hmm. was really good and fun i'm i'm trying to read some stuff that's a little less uh other than my ai book um you know i know i want to read this new glennon doyle untamed but i haven't gotten to that yet mm. in terms of things on tv um I have just um, started watching Ozark. I was late to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really good. I'm getting Mm -hmm. caught up only in season one, but I'm really enjoying that. Um, Right. Also would recommend I watched Watchmen on HBO and I'm not a huge comic book person or anything like that. But I think Mm -hmm. that show, it's going to be one season so well. It's from the U.S., and the other one, which would be for a podcast of its own, is I will admit to who's ever listening now, I did watch Tiger King, and wow. <laughs> I mean, I still don't know what to say about it. I watched it. And let me just tell you, I'm still amazed by the whole thing. Like, it, it's just, I feel like the one thing that's really united the United people throughout the U.S., watching Tiger King. <laughs> bizarre and randomly fascinating but I mean I, I think everybody who's watched who's watched it right now is laughing I'm sure some people may be rolling their eyes but really it's something so I've got to get onto that <laughs> my mother from my parents who have had to try to you know get, now they're very good about staying at home and are pretty much mastered FaceTime we're on to Zoom now mm-hmm. my mother mother's watching Tiger King so I'm I'm, I'm prepared for that so
2: <laughs> that's um, great
1: So anyway, um, for you also sort of what is something, um, you know, we talk about that, you know, what's something that's made you feel good during all of this or a silver lining or a surprise or something that's made you, you know, feel good, you know, feel good about uh, humanity or something?
2: Yeah, there's been a a couple of really nice things for me. So externally, um, uh, there has been a a call for uh, students in the UK to to come out and uh, volunteer to ensure that vulnerable people are are getting deliveries of of essentials. Uh, And they had a massive response to that. It was so heartwarming. Uh, And, you know, I might be a bit biased because I'm a millennial, um, but you know, I feel like there is a a bit of a reputation for millennials as being super self-absorbed. And the number of young folk who put their hand up and said, yeah, I'm absolutely willing um, and and able to to do this. So I'm going to help even though I might be putting myself at risk, but um, I'm going to help out the community that really made my heart smile. Um, and then in New Zealand we have similar, there is a, um, a website called stuff.co.nz, which I don't recommend as the, the journalism is, is not, not so strong. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, spelling and grammar mistakes often, in the articles, but um, there is a a section in there which is called Neighbourly, and the idea of it is that um, you can leave messages for people like if there's a lost cat um, and you want to advertise that you found a cat, does anyone own this cat? Um, But people were also volunteering on that and saying, um, you know, if anyone out there needs um, grocery deliveries, send me your list and I will go out and get that for you. That kind of thing, that coming together of community just really thrilled me Um, um, when you know, at a time when I think we had some societal de- decline, uh, and, and I was getting a little nervous for, for the future, but this has really uplifted me and given me renewed hope. What about you? I mean, I would say also, I mean,
1: I live in a I live in a building, and just the number of people who put up notes or have put them on the virtual board, mm-hmm. people going out of their way to help each other. I think there are things like you know when I've seen. You know, in the restaurant community, for example, there's, there's a thing in D.C., the virtual tip jar, where you have a list of lots of people that are out of work. And there are people who basically every time they go get something from their um, refrigerator that somebody put together a randomizer so you can go give a tip to somebody who's the bartender or a server who's out of work. Um, I mean, I just think like ways that people are trying to help each other that are part of the day-to-day life of communities, um, as the reality hits, has been... You know, really inspiring. I also think the the whole thing where you see the teddy bears. I don't know if you've seen this, but yes, in New Zealand it, as well. <laughs> it just makes me happy to think people are mm-hmm. doing that, you know, for for kids and for stuff like that. I mean, they, I think it really is the sense of, that people are really trying to take care of each other, mm-hmm. and I think that's been been lost. I think that's that's mm-hmm. been, you know, uh, a really a, a good. Part of it, and the people you know, and everybody reaching out to other people. I think yes, in, you know, yeah, basically just having each other's back.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this too. I have um, noted a real uptick in the the messages of outreach, and even just the sharing of funny memes. Um, yeah. You know, the little jokes. Um, everyone has been in touch way more frequently than usual, and I'm loving that. That this has Brought people together not only as a, a community, but also that everyone's showing that the, the friendships around them still mean something. There's a lot of checking in um, across uh, all the diff- different um, geographical borders in my network. There are people sharing funny things. There is sharing of tips, um, and I'm loving just the, the fact that yeah, remote it, it just doesn't replace those in-person catch-ups that we have. But you know, with the resources that we do have people are really stepping up and reminding everyone around them that they care. And I've, I've really felt happy about uh, the, the messages that I've received um, and, and being able to, to send a lot out myself. S- similar situation uh, yeah. in, in your network.
1: I yeah. mean, I feel that too. I mean, I think it's sort of like how we're trying to stay social, you know, when we're socially distancing, mm-hmm. how to connect with people and, um, you know, what, works and I think people really are are reaching out for that I mean I've been so you know I felt almost honored by the people you know because I'm I'm single people who've really reached out just yeah. to make sure mm-hmm. I'm okay and sometimes yeah. I'm like I feel like everyone's reaching out so much that I'm talking more yes than I did for before. sure mm-hmm. it makes me feel very supported in a larger mm-hmm. world um, yeah even if I didn't necessarily need that I'm like wait a minute you know this is this is kind of special in that way exactly I mean, I'd love to give one of these people a hug, um, yeah. but that's really not happening right now. But, if you know, for anybody, I think I think that, you know, being able to do that, and I've, you know, been able to reach out to some other people who, you know, moved to D.C. recently or feel mm-hmm. on their own, I've been able to be helpful for them. So it makes me feel good. Um, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, I feel like, you know, we're focusing on what's important. So that's, you know, is 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 the people and people we love and, and our, and people who have, you know, out there and people who need us. And I think
2: mm-hmm.
1: bigger society. And I think that's good. Um, totally agree. So one last thing. So what other things, you know, what are you doing kind of just for yourself mm-hmm. other than your, you know, what, what's it or, or, you know, watching, what are you doing for yourself?
2: Yeah. Um, and I, I initially read this, um, question when we were talking about this episode as being, you know, what are are you doing in terms of additional activities and things? Um, And I'm actually doing the opposite. Uh, So as, as you know about me, I am very responsive. Um, I feel a great need to respond to messages promptly to be on top of things. Um, Really? I I, never knew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and so in this time, you know, staying with my mom, um, I've, I've put my phone to the side a lot more than I normally would. And part of that is the relief of, of not being in the same time zone as many of my colleagues. New Zealand is like the worst. Time. We see, we're see we the first country to see the sun every day, which is, is lovely. But it's also <laughs> crazy in terms of the fact that we're a German company. I have a, a global role for half of my time. So making the time zones work is impossible with certain combinations of people. Um, and so I actually feel now a great, almost sense of relief. Like I hadn't realized how much I'd put pressure and expectations on myself to be always on, you know, on the ball, right? Like always dependable if someone needs an answer. And so I I don't have that pressure right now. And I, what I've learned from this is that when I'm back in an environment where I don't have this time zone advantage slash disadvantage, I'm going to be a lot better, I think, about um, not needing my phone in my hand the entire time. Um, so I've gone back to an easier life, I think. Um, you know, the home-cooked meals, um, you know, talking to my mom, having that routine of of our day. Um, for me, I've I've gone the opposite way. So I have not put pressure on myself to try and learn something new at this time. I feel pretty busy with, um, with work and um, just just trying to survive, I guess. And I know that sounds weird because I'm not in a life-or-death situation, but I do feel a great deal of stress about my current work situation in terms of not being able to contribute when my, my work visa expires. And just being a giant pain and inconvenience to the company Um, essentially for being foreign and I've never felt like I needed to apologize for being foreign before but now is the time when I do I feel really bad about the fact that um, this is going to cause trouble and inconvenience to to others. So in light of that um, taking a really relaxed approach as much, much as possible and not um, taking on new things right now beyond what I can reasonably do. That has, right. that has been my approach. But I think you have been a lot better about um, maintaining your exercise routine, which is completely fallen I, by the mostly, wayside. Me. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, no, that, that I've still gotten. I was, you know, being... Mm-hmm. My, my, my attempt to eat very healthy has had a little some, some ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> who hasn't? Um, but I do think, you know, for me... That, I agree. I haven't picked up a new skill or anything, but I have been one of the people now doing jigsaw puzzles. Mm -hmm. i find like the small accomplishment of getting that to move and to be done. Like that's Mm -hmm. just something that will help me with the, you know, the the, the stress and the uncertainty of other things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, for me, that's been one of those things that I, you know, I'm, you know, when you finish it you feel a sense of accomplishment but it doesn't really matter if I do it tomorrow tonight or next week and I really sometimes just thinking and focusing on that for a little while has been Mm -hmm. good in terms of my um, exercise routine like that that I've been good about mostly because um, you know I have friends in the fitness community many of whom have lost their jobs like we talked about earlier with restaurants Um, and they're they're trying to do classes online so I'm trying to contribute to those both you know to pay for, for classes when gym memberships and other things are frozen, because that's my, those are the, the, that's what helped me with stress when in normal times. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's my, and you know, I certainly am not going to plug or be a vendor, but if anybody wants to, that's listening to this, wants to reach out, I have a lot, I know a lot of people who would always appreciate anyone from anywhere who'd want to do a Zoom class or an Instagram class or things like that. I think, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, it's the, their complete living was just closed one day and, you know, almost all of them have, you know, can't do it. So partially my exercise routine is good for my sanity. Partially it keeps me accountable because I have people I know who I say I'm going to show up. So, mm-hmm. and other than that, I think I work what I'm now calling farmer's hours. Cause if it's rainy, I'll work more. I'm a little more fluid, I'm <laughs> nice. And it's warm, I'm going to go outside for a little while, you know, I'm, you know, socially distanced appropriately, but you know, like you said, since things, the time for things are different for work, Um, you know, I I want to do what I can to make it, you know, a little bit easier, you know, for me. So I wouldn't say I'm going to come out of this knowing another language or being like, you know, in the best shape of my life, because none of that's true. But I'm doing things to make the days better and Mm -hmm. trying to help people I know in my community who are are struggling, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, not just, but others. And that's given me a feeling of a little bit of, of purpose outside of the stuff related to my work in this time that can feel purposeless but I mean I think that's pretty much for me I don't know if you have anything else you know you want
2: to share um no I'd just say in in a way you know I've I've, I've had a blessing out of this I haven't lived in New Zealand for for 10 years this is the most time I've spent with my mom um for a, a, I can't say as long as I can remember of course, but. <clears throat> it's been like the, the most meaningful amount of time that I've been able to spend with her. Um, and, and, you know, getting back to that kind of family life routine, uh, even though the, the family unit looks different to, to when I left it, um, right. when I first left home, when I bought my own little place, um, it has been a really lovely silver lining. So, um, I, I'd, I'd end on that Lisa. Well, hug your mom for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you
1: know, I just—I also think before we leave, you know, all you guys. I think both of us also feel really grateful for our compliance community and for mm-hmm. those reached out to us or other mm-hmm. people. You know, I want to say, you know, thank you to all of you guys and to keep taking advantage mm-hmm. of people that you know through this or other things, just to check in and say hi. Because, I mean, I think to close off in my view, you know, we're, we all have to be here for each other in all different Mm -hmm. ways. You know, if there's one thing I know both you and I are very proud of is the fact that there is a community of people that we engage with and that listen to this and have gotten to know one another. So Mm -hmm. let's all be here for each other. And, um, you know, on behalf of that, thank you all again for listening. And on behalf of Mary and I stay safe and take care.
0: This is Tom Fox. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. Once again, thanks to Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine for allowing me to cross post this episode. I know their uh, insights are going to be helpful for every compliance practitioner. As a call to action, I would ask that you tell one of your colleagues about this podcast. I'm trying to get the word out organically about compliance and coronavirus. I feel it's an extraordinarily important podcast because I'm bringing both clear and sane information to the compliance practitioner. Compliance and Coronavirus is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you'll join me again for another episode. Thank you for listening.